Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special episode of High Low Sports Podcast. It's just me today. It's just Kelsey. But don't worry, we do have a special guest, so you won't have to hear my boring voice for the entire 45 minutes. But that's okay. Before we get to that, though, guys, we have some special news to announce. We did just get some brand new sponsorships. Um, we sent, sent a shout out to Dr. Squatch Soap Company. If you guys haven't checked them out yet, you know, be sure to check them out. They are raising the bar for men showering. Change the way men approach hygiene by providing natural, healthy products that make you feel like a man and smell like a champion. Dude, you got to check it out. Link's in our bio, linktree.com. Uh, just click on our Twitter page. You just go right to the link and... Check out your uh, subscription today. You can order a whole bunch of different packages. It's it's amazing. It smells it smells amazing as well. Um, and then the other one, craftbeerclub.com. If you guys haven't checked them out, this obviously is a 21-plus product, so if you're under 21, ignore this one and just keep on moving on in the episode. But this Craft Beer Club, it's a, it's a beer of the month club. So basically they search out the best craft beers from around the country and send it to your doorstep. Sign up every you know sign up for a monthly package just like you would BarkBox for your dogs, but craft beer for you. So why not? Uh, be sure to check that out, Linktree as well, for that one. But now to the important part of the episode, the fun part, the one I'm the most excited for, our very first interview guest on the show, and one that I've actually been trying to figure out a way to get him on the show for pretty much since we started this, and it's like two and a half years later, and I finally figured out how we're going to do it, and by that, I mean he literally hit me up and said, hey, I'm on your, coming on your show, we're doing this. <laughs> so, Brendan, yes. Brendan McFadden, for those who don't know... Former Utah State University offensive lineman. I'm just going to call you offensive lineman because you did play all yep. three positions. Uh, yep. Started 24 total career games, all whack um, considerations your junior and senior year. Right. And then, you know, you did play with some fantastic players. And you also, I'd say you maybe kicked off, helped kick off some of the most fantastic Utah State years they had. I mean, you know, you look at it in your, you know, your 2009 year, top 15 marks in 14 different categories offensively. So... Fantastic work. I mean, it was it was something yeah. that they they'd never seen before. You guys put up the most yards since 1974. 
I mean, and you anchored that. You were the dead center in the middle. You were the center. So, Brendan, I mean, first of all, thank you for coming on, man. This is fantastic. If you guys don't know, Brendan is a cousin of mine, um, technically second cousin, but we call him cousin. We're the same, yes. we're close to the same age. We got we're we're the type of family that's got a really really big family, and so first cousins are second cousins, second cousins are third cousins. He's just my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, we are just family. At the at the end of the day, we're we're Irish family. You know, it's. Yes. Our parents had too much fun. Is we basically are Irish. We like we like to have some fun. <laughs> but man, it's it's great to have you on. Um, nowadays, you are sitting here coaching River Valley. I, you know the hat. Kids will be able to see the hat on YouTube. Uh, River Valley High School uh, over in Yuba City, California. You know you've been coaching there since 2014. Head coach since 2014. Yep. Um, and you guys have only missed the playoffs once. Yep. And so yeah. you know, it's, how's that feel going from playing to, to coaching now? Oh, it, it, it was honestly a seamless uh, transition for me. You know, when a lot of athletes, when they're done, you know, they, they don't know what to do, and but they've just done sports their whole lives. And it was an easy transition to me to get into a profession where I can still have football uh, part of my life. Uh, and not just sometimes, it's every day with my kids in football PE. We're working out, we're repping plays. So it's I'm, I got football in my mind every day still. And that's that's what I needed. I needed that. Exactly. And you guys are about to actually kick off your workouts for this, the off season today. Um, yes, how's yes, that, we, how's that feel for you? Finally it, getting it, back into it through COVID. Um, I'm sure I'll have a whole bunch of uh, high school kids that might be a little uh, out of shape, but um, <laughs> it's, it's been weird. Sorry, the lights just went off. Uh, it's been weird. Um, you know, usually we start uh, the whole, the whole summer is our busy time. And then once school kicks off in August and September, we're rocking and rolling. Um, the state of California, we haven't played any games yet, so uh, I really hope we can. I feel for these seniors, you know, uh, they've been working hard. You know, obviously, we haven't been able to be there with them, but, you know, they've been working out on their own. And so uh, today we get to see really how much they really have been working out. So I'll, I'll be able to tell very quickly, probably after the warm up, who's been working out and who hasn't been. Yeah. Uh, any of you kids listening to this today, uh, don't feel bad if you're out of shape. I'm still out of shape. I mean, Right. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I feel, I feel, I feel their pain. I know. I remember, remember off season practice were always the worst yep. coming back finally after everything. Uh, but kind of switch gears, you know, we, we talked about your football playing career. You also played basketball in high school. Uh, you know, some interviews, you said that is your first love. Oh, uh, I don't know if it still I is, to be honest. Yeah, still is. So I don't still know how is. much you followed what just happened today. Oh, uh, but Arden, I feel like four, team, yeah. four teamer. Yeah. Right before I got online, I just pushed my <laughs> FanDuel, uh, my FanDuel lineup for the night. Cause uh, Brooklyn's got all these guys out now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I literally just, my phone blew up right, right. As you were, as, as we were talking about, you know, getting online and I, I feel remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, as, as a, as a basketball guy, what do you think about this eight picks for one player plus multiple other players going? Um, well, I honestly think, you know, like I said, I'm a diehard sports fan. I've been watching the NBA pretty closely the last four or five years. Um, I think the Rockets got a got a great deal. Um, you know, I think honestly, though, I think another winner in this trade is Indiana. I think Karis LeVert is the real deal. Um, he's just had to be behind, you know, some studs in uh, <laughs> yeah. New Jersey for the last couple of years. But I think people have seen when other guys are out and he's just been the guy on a certain night. He can put up 35, seven and seven, like it's nothing. So, uh, but yeah. the Rockets, they got Victor Oladipo and they got a whole bunch of picks. And uh, I think, you know, they did a good job of starting that rebuild, kind of like New Orleans did when they traded Anthony Davis, you know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a rebuild, like my Sacramento Kings, it takes about 10 years to get going. Uh, but uh, don't New worry, Orleans we... was able to do the rebuild overnight, you know what I'm saying? And uh, oh, yeah. I think that's probably going to happen with Houston as well. Yeah, uh, if anybody's been listening for a long time on on this podcast, they've heard me rant and rave about how the Kings are constantly rebuilding at this point in time and oh, have been yeah. since 2002. It feels like yeah, every year's a rebuild. <laughs> so, but so, so you know, shifting back to you know your your playing career, uh, you know you are you you were you were a two star recruit coming out of high school. You know Nevada Union, which that's nothing to slouch about by all means. I mean, look, I I would have came out as a zero star recruit, so yeah. you know that's that's yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. to consider and and. You know, you were you were one of the better players in Northern California, and you know you got you got you got how many offers did you get? Like, what was that recruiting process for well, you like? My recruiting process was actually pretty crazy because going into my senior year, I was I had a lot of schools that liked me. I hadn't had really that many offers, and then after about my second game, I had up to four or five offers um, from Division One programs: Sac State, UC Davis, Fresno. Uh, who else was it? Colorado and Utah State. And then week four, I broke my leg, and 
all those offers went off the table except for Utah State. Uh, they stayed with me the entire time. And so uh, it was it, the recruiting process, and I'm a coach now, and I just had two guys that like, a couple years ago that went Division One. I've had like four or five guys total go out. Um, and I'm they're lucky just to have me because and I'm not trying to gloat or anything like that, but the recruiting process is ruthless. So for them to to me to be right there with them. And then when you have a college coach that comes in and they know me, they know that I know how it works. They're not going to give me the runaround. They're going to be straight up honest with me along with that recruit, along with their parents and let them know, because as you know, it's a, I don't know how I say it, it's like a meat market. They love you one day until another guy that really, really likes says yes. Then they don't like you at all. So. Yeah, definitely. And you know, that has been, been, been a big problem, especially nowadays. You see it all the time with these kids transferring oh. and in the transfer portal at the, the next, you know, the next year. Yeah. Um, as an Auburn fan, you know, I see it all the time with kids. They just got a new coach and you just, yeah, everybody's out. Yeah. You know, I'm, so. I mean, I'm not a fan of the transfer porter. I think people, I think kiddos now, when I was in college, you know, I played 2005 to 2010. Um, when adversity hit, when something didn't go right, what did I have to do? Work through it. Yeah. Nowadays, there's so many transfers. A kid's not playing. He doesn't like the coach. Oh, I'm going to transfer where I just think it's too easy for them to just go away from adversity where, you know, uh, where, when I was there, we didn't have that many transfers because that was the offer that you got. You didn't know if you were going to get another offer, you know, if you went to a JC route or something. So whatever was going on at that program, you had to hunker down, fight through that adversity and hope to become better, you know, better after that. But uh, the transfer porter, obviously for, ex you know, crazy, you know, circumstances, you know, you have emergencies in the family, they need to get back here. I get that. That's perfect. But just because a coach, coached you hard one day and you got your feelings hurt now you want to transfer I don't think that's you know and that's happened yeah. I mean I got yeah, a lot of yeah. I'm lucky enough to have some good good buddies that are coaching at division one level and he's they've told me literally some of their players that have transferred for what reasons and that was a <laughs> everyday thing for me at Utah State and now here they are transferring yeah exactly you know your, your time at Utah State you had some fantastic coaches there I mean you know you look back at it what, what, what do you think was the was kind of that moment where you, know, you talk about buckling down what was that moment where you had a coach just kind of kind of just rip you a new one for lack of a better term yeah, and absolutely. you were just like i, I can remember Crap, i gotta yeah I gotta like get it together. um so my first i had two head coaches at utah State. i had brent guy for my first three years and my last two years i had coach gary anderson who took over for utah state and then that's when we went on the rise but under coach guy who recruited me um to utah state out of high school my offensive line coach uh was a guy by the name of vance vice and he is now the o-line coach at virginia tech and uh he played He's a Southern guy. He played at Oklahoma State when uh, Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas were there. Um, okay. And yeah, if you've heard the definition old school, um, <laughs> that's him to a T. So here comes this blonde hair, blue eye guy from Northern California. And I go meet and he's a phenomenal guy. I mean, he's amazing. I love him. We still have a relationship to this day. Um, but the old saying that he turned me from a boy into a man uh, about my first week there, I uh I, I was blocking some D lineman and I put him on his butt and uh, he was like an older guy. He was like a sophomore or junior. And I was only been there for like two weeks. And I turned around, was walking back and the guy cheap shot at me, pushed me in the back. And I didn't, I didn't fight the guy. And uh, coach vice was not happy that I didn't stick up for myself. Okay. And so after, after that, after practice, he asked me to come, we're going to talk. And he basically broke it down that I'm a very good football player, but if you're nice, you're not going to make it at this level. And so it, it, it wasn't that nicely put to me. There was a little four, a lot of four little <laughs> words uh, coming at me. Um, but uh, that was basically where it was. Okay. Like, you know, it, I, I got to do stuff differently at this level. Yeah. And you know, you talk about that, that your first year there, um, you know, you had uh, you were what a blocking tight end that first year, right? Is technically yeah, so what I they listed you as. I played tight end in high school. I was six, two and a half, two, 60 from high school and uh i got to tie i was a blocking tight end i got to utah state i think i was there two practices and they said uh all right you're gonna go get fitted for these things called knee braces and i was <laughs> like okay whatever yeah i got you and uh they transitioned me from tight end to center and actually it was very easy it, you know I, I became a slow tight end and then all of a sudden i was a really athletic center just like oh, that okay uh, i had to gain the weight obviously um, I had to gain 20 or 30 pounds um, to play at that weight, uh, to play center. But, uh, yeah, I was a tight end for all of literally, I think, like four total practices. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that one of those practices where you were a tight end that, that he ripped you a new one? No. 
That no, was, so it was right was after, after the. That was yeah. The tight ends coach wasn't as wasn't as uh, vocal <laughs> as uh, the O line coach, to say the least. Okay, so I was I was wondering if it was the before or after movement that he, he yeah, got no, you. Yeah, I, I was there. I became one of their guys, and you know, I was like I said, I was still kind of in that tight end mode, and I was, you know, I was only two hundred sixty five pounds at the time, red shirting, you know, but we had. My teammate, one of my teammates at the time was named Donald Penn. He played in the NFL for like 10, 12 years. He was 6'6", oh, yeah. 320, and he was very mean on the field. And here I am. Hey, what's <laughs> going on, guys? How we doing? And, uh, yeah, so they, to, to play in the trenches, you know, I was still a young young man, not an old boy young man, but to play Division One trenches, play O-line or D-line at Division One level, uh, I had to change my mindset. I had to attack it differently. I had to have a mental approach that I've never had before in high school because I was just always bigger and stronger than everyone, and I could get away with it, but not yeah. not at that level. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, D1 is a, is a different ballgame, and, and, you know, you mentioned some of that recruiting and, and how your kids now have that benefit of of having you you but beside you know beside them for these D1 and being a meat market what's your thought on this whole D1 or bust that movement that's going through for kids uh, nowadays and even when you're playing like how do you how did you feel about that when you were getting recruited I mean, and they I were D1s but they were say when I was a young naive freshman sophomore and junior in high school I only wanted to go D1 I'm not going to go D2 D3 you know I'm I only and that's the worst thing to you know that you can ever think because first and foremost you turn on the TV right now on Sundays Every team has a guy from a division two. Every team has a division three. Every team, everyone has them. They're there. Um, But more importantly, you know, now that I don't, now that I'm looking back, you know, whatever you've got, whatever your ticket is, whatever avenue you can do to get your degree and to further your life and better yourself, it doesn't matter if it's D1, D2, D3. If you love the game of football and they're going to pay you to play football, you better take that. Because you're going to love it no matter what. You know, you get free education. You get to play the game you love. And you're going to make memories that will last a lifetime. Um, Unfortunately, you know, obviously, D1 is the only thing we see on TV. You know what I'm saying? I think if they – the media – put a lot better emphasis in division two and division because there's some really good i mean there's some division two division three programs that got 10 12 15 000 stadiums that sell them out every every home game you know and it's a great atmosphere and so um but yeah uh if you love football and you only think you only want to play d1 then you really don't love football if you only say you're going to play d1 that's what i tell my boys if you love the game of football you will never say i'm only playing d1 yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. I mean, I, I visited Montana, you know, a couple times, and then seeing their their stadium, especially when they played somebody like North Dakota State, it's like a thirty, you know, twenty three thousand plus stadium, and they're putting in thirty thousand standing room only, and it's louder yep. than an SEC school. So yeah, it's yep. you know that's sort of the love of the game, and it's for funny sure, you, sure. you mentioned that. What do you think? I guess what in your opinion, what's your thoughts that like expanding the playoff you think that would actually help anything for 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 like a utah state or i think it'll help this it'll help the cincinnati's of the world like this year um you know i don't get me wrong i love college football i love football you know but i mean the last four or five years i could i can tell you tomorrow who's going to be in the final four next year clemson ohio state bama and notre dame right so hopefully hopefully they expand it because you got to have you know there's those those teams from five to 10 are just as good. And I think if there's a Cincinnati, like Cincinnati, they lost to Georgia by what, two points in their bowl game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I would have loved to see Cincinnati play Notre Dame this year and see what would oh, happen. Yeah. yeah, that would have been a great game. I, I mean, I, we, I think we both grew up Notre Dame fans and yep. yeah, that's just kind of our family. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like just kind of our family how we had to do it. And, you know, yeah. I, I think we both could admit that Notre Dame probably would not have stood a chance against Cincinnati this year. It yeah. would have been a, been a I fun agree one. With that. Yeah. But so, you, I mean, you played obviously with a lot of guys that, you know, did end up in the NFL or at least got some practice squad. I say a lot of guys, but, you know, it's probably like under 10. But mm-hmm. you mentioned Donald Penn is one. Who are yeah. some of the other guys? I know, you know, you've told me, but just so the listeners out there know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably the biggest name uh, that I got really, really close with. Um, he, he was my roommate for a couple of years. He was my teammate for four years. Um, he's only one year uh, younger than me. And we have a good relationship still to this day is uh, Bobby Wagner, the middle linebacker for the Seahawks. You know, they just lost. Um, but I was watching the game last week and at halftime he had nine tackles, a sack and two tackles for losses. And that's that's him. He just got nominated to a six all pro. Um, loving to death. Great human being. Uh, he's a good football player, but I mean, he's a great football player, but he's a better human being. Um yeah. Uh, Robert Turbin, he was the reason we rushed for all those yards. Yeah, I was paving the way, but it's easy when you hand the ball off to Big Turb, and he he can make O line look really good um, when he just does stuff by himself. Uh, yeah. 
we had a whole bunch though. Pat Scales, he was, he's, uh, I was in his wedding. He was in, uh, he was at my wedding. Uh, he's one of my best friends still to this day. He's the long snapper for the Bears. Um, he's going to come on here, by the way. We're going to okay. get him on. <laughs> I love it. All I'm, you I'm Bears cool fans, all you Bears fans, man, you got to keep watching because I'm going to get you Pat Scales out here. Uh, I'll warn you, I, I, I make fun of Bears fans on a regular basis, but I love the Bears players. A lot of their players I'm a big fan of, but I, I will make fun of Bears fans all day. It's it's just yep. too easy. It's, as a Cowboys fan, I got I to gotta make fun yeah. of somebody who's in well, worse misery I'm than a Lions me. fan, man, so uh, I know <laughs> a lot about the Bears. And I, I tell Pat, man, I root, I root for him every week except for two weeks when you yeah play no, Lions, i hope you have bad snaps i hope you roll the ball to the snapper i hope we block your <laughs> kicks all that stuff no see and it's it's funny you got you mentioned these guys names most players wouldn't think when they're going out to a college like utah state who are you know they're these two three-star players they think maybe well crap that's my you know that's that's my ceiling they don't think hey maybe i'm playing with one of the best linebackers to ever play in the nfl yeah you know um, and and that's the God honest truth. All you need is a shot. Like if there, if you have, and this is what I, you know, younger kids now, they always, once they get a whole bunch of division one offers, then what's the next step they want? They want to go to the Alabamas. I, I got to go to the SEC. You know what I'm saying? Or I got to go to the big 12. I'm telling you right now, if you're a division one football player and you're playing at Utah state or you're playing at Alabama, your film is what's going to get you drafted. Not what school you went to. And so if you're good enough, they will find you. Josh Allen went to Wyoming, yeah. right? He didn't go to an SEC school. Josh Allen had one offer out of high school, Wyoming. Oh. Bobby Wagner had one offer out of high school, Utah State. And we're looking at one of the best offensive players in the NFL right now and literally one of the best defensive uh, players in the NFL for the last five years. Oh, and yeah. they weren't a five-star. They weren't a four-star. You know, they weren't even a three-star. They were a two-star, and they had one offer. And what they did was is they took advantage – of the opportunity that they got and they made the most of it. See, and that's the goal. I, I, you know, I, I think I've preached it enough on this show that just getting the opportunity is, is the biggest goal. And, yep. you know, hearing your, hearing, hearing you, you, you played with Bobby, you know, that's a big deal. Cause it's like, even Patrick scales, Patrick was what, he was a two star as well. He came on as a tight end and was switched yeah, to he's long a walk on tight end. Let me tell you, man, walk on. Pat, okay, so. Pat, Pat was a tight end for about two weeks and uh, then they just moved him to long snapper. So that tells you about his athletic ability. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you can snap the ball, you can make yeah, it, make right? it anyway. Jokes on me. He's in his like seventh year or sixth year <laughs> snapping the ball in the NFL. So take that. Hey, yeah. Long, long career in the NFL for those long snappers. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. It, it, it's, it's amazing how one skill can translate so well. Yep. And you know, we, we just said it he, he was he was a walk-on and he he's in the nfl so it's it's fantastic to see like you know guys like that robert turbin you know played with the seahawks as well for many years now yeah you, you know it's he's still remembered as as being with a uh, partner with marshawn lynch um mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken you you told me back in the day back in the, when you guys were in college he broke how many face masks was 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 he the one that was breaking face masks he broke a lot whenever that safety <laughs> filled the alley i mean we were playing texas a&m one time um and when texas a&m they had Ryan Tannehill was playing receiver for him. Uh, they did have Von Miller at the time, and uh, it was a close game. They ended up beating us 28, like 24 or something like that. And it was like the middle of the second quarter, and we just ran an outside zone play, and Turbin busted it outside, and that alley defender, which was the safety, came down to hit him, and Robert lowered his shoulder and head. And I, I've never seen a helmet explode, but this Texas A&M helmet just literally was in 14 different pieces. And – I don't yeah. want to tackle that guy. No, thank you. <laughs> that's one of those times you're glad he's on your side and not running yeah. into the back of you. you exactly. Know? Oh, that's fantastic. You know, it's funny because I, when we met, I think the first time I remember meeting you was actually when you went in right after your broken leg, um, when you were just going into Utah State. That was the first time I ever remember, yep. you know, seeing you and your family. And For I think sure. it, and it was it was funny because at the time you were talking about it and, you, you know, you were like, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with me, you know, this and, the other, and then seeing you again, it was like the next Christmas and then the Christmas after that, seeing your progression from my standpoint, it was always really funny to see just, first of all, I mean, you got bigger in a better way, not a bad way. <laughs> it was like you got stronger and it was like, I'm yeah. like, man, that's a D1 guy? What? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what that looks like? Yeah. And, you know, seeing that, and then you'd always tell me funny stories when you got back and about, you know, Robert Turbin breaking helmets and, you yeah. know, guys like Bobby and, and Patrick Stells, your roommates, just yeah. shooting the breeze and... Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating because it's, you know, it's an experience that not a lot of people get to experience, you know? Yeah. And, and for you to go through it, what was kind of the, the one thing you look back at now that you kind of regret you didn't maybe take advantage enough of when you were at Utah state, I know it's Utah state. So there's, 
Logan, Utah is not the biggest place in the world, but yeah, no, that's a great, um, oh, that's a good question, Kelsey. You just stumped me a little bit, but I would have to say just living in the moment, take it, you know, just really when, when it's the middle of camp and it's, you just got done with a two a day and you're tired as heck and you have another practice tomorrow at eight in the morning. And the only thing you're thinking about is I don't want to practice tomorrow is just really taking a deep breath, sitting down and realizing how good you really do have it because just like high school, I mean, it went by so fast before I knew it, I was graduating. And I just, I wish I could have taken some time to really reflect and just appreciate where I'm at and, you know, how lucky I really am because division one life, it's, it's, it's amazing, but uh, it's hard, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's, there's some tiring days and you got to be, you got to have a lot of responsibility. You got to have a lot of, you know, mental toughness and you got to have a lot of drive and, uh, it sometimes that takes over your whole mind and your whole just willing to do what you want to do on every single day basis. And you can't just sit there and think about how good you really have it and how awesome you have it and how lucky you are to get to go play in front of 60, 70,000 people, you know, on a Saturday. So um, I think it just, I didn't have, I did, if I could do anything back, I would have definitely done that. It's just for taking time to reflect and just appreciate where I was when I was there. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that's actually, I, I imagine that's probably the hardest part because, you know, you're what, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, yeah. you're experiencing football, you, you know, especially you mentioned the drive part of it and, and I'll get to that part in a second, but you know, that, that driving factor is what makes somebody like Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner. It's what makes somebody like you go from yeah. a blocking tight end off of broken leg to a center leading his team to multiple offensive records and getting yep. a shot at, you know, getting a call in the NFL may not have been drafted, but you still got a call. Um, I, yeah, but, I, I was there, but I, like I, I told you the other week, I think I got cut before <laughs> I could tie my shoes. <laughs> but you know, that's the thing though. You talk about the drive. You went from, you know, you come in off a broken leg. This, uh, the team is, they, they supported you the whole way. You, you get moved from blocking tight end to a center. You get ripped a brand new one by your offensive line coach. And then 2008 comes around and you're getting all whack nominees. You know, yeah. you're getting a postseason award. What was that like? What was that moment like when you're like, oh, I made the, it was, I think second oh, it team. Was awesome. was... Um, I didn't even know I got no, no lie. The, how I found out was the other guy that the middle linebacker at the time, Jake Hutton, who got all, all league with me uh, the same time that year is we were, we went to go see a movie in the middle of the day. Uh, it was just randomly, I forget what movie we were seeing, but it was like noon and he walks up to me, gives me a big hug and was like, congratulations, my man. And I was like, <laughs> what like I thought here comes the joke here he's gonna do something stupid you know and he's like me and you made all whack man and I was like what he's like yeah look it up and I went on my phone looked it up I couldn't believe it man that was it was I was very proud of myself because like you said it was it was moving from tight end to center and then I didn't also play center you know we had some injuries so then all of a sudden our backup center came in and I played guard and it was just cool to get recognized by the other coaches you know in the uh in the conference at that time that, you know, I was one of the, one of the better O-linemen's in the league. So I, you know, it, it motivated me more, you know, I wanted to see what I could do the next year, you know, and uh, you know, we had a really good year the following year as well, but it was, you know, uh, some people settle with that stuff, but I just, you know, just got more hungry, you know, having good people around you, like Bobby, Robert, all my other teammates, you know, that I haven't mentioned yet, you know, keeping me humble, making sure we still worked hard at our common goal in the off season, not letting anything get to our heads. You know, that was, that was big for me. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's funny because that's the day before social media, you know, you didn't, oh, yeah. you, you didn't get to find out on Twitter or anything. You I'm didn't so have that notification. I, social media went around when I was in college. Who knows what I would have posted. Yeah, social media. I, I, at that time, I mean, Twitter had just started up, if I'm not mistaken. And oh, I had it was my still, it was still the text in, text, text in Twitter. Yeah, Facebook was college only. I mean, that. Yep, I had MySpace. I had my top six. Best oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about, honestly, I forget about MySpace every day until. I think uh, my buddy brought it up to me the other day, and I was like, "Ah, let's just shove that under the rug. Pretend that right. those days never, no, those days never happened." Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's funny because you were also nominated the next year, going into the into the '08 season for your preseason award. You know, preseason all whack. Yeah. And then, arguably, you might have had a better year that year. Mm -hmm. And you obviously you didn't get the postseason award at the end of the year, but you guys went to a bowl game. Yeah. What was that experience? What was like that that first bowl game experience for you? Oh, it was awesome. Mistaken? It was amazing. You know, that's what you've worked for. You know, you hear about bowl games, you hear about all this stuff. And then uh, Coach Anderson came in and he turned our program around and he told us we we're going to go to a bowl game. And boom, two years we we're at a bowl game. 
um, just it was a cool experience, man. The whole week being there, doing all that stuff in Boise uh, at the Idaho Potato Bowl, you know, and just seeing all the fans that traveled from Logan to go to Boise and with all the events throughout the whole week, um, you know. And then we went to they had a they had a uh, they had a restaurant in downtown Boise that was one was for Utah State and one was for the University of Ohio, who we played. And we went into this restaurant and everything was Aggie themed. All the meals were Utah State Aggie themed all the sodas and beers choices that you could have. I was 21, so I could have a Aggie, whatever, Aggie ale that they had. Everything was Utah State. So it was a pretty cool experience, uh, you know, and getting to a bowl game is special, you know, um, yeah. and I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. It was cool. Yeah, that's amazing. See, and again, this is one of those things kids kids don't look at. They don't look at the opportunity to go to a bowl game and they, you know, getting drafted, that D1 or bus mentality sometimes clouds their judgment. And, yep, absolutely. you know, especially for your kids that you get to, you get to tell them, Hey man, I went to a bowl game. Like yep. it's one of the most amazing experiences ever. It like, is. It that's, is. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't remember if you guys won that game or not. I honestly, we lost to Ohio. Yeah. yeah it's all right. The Bobcats are after that Utah state won like six bowl games in a row before <laughs> but, yeah, we took, we took an L. <laughs> hey, look, it's, it's okay. Because in the off season, you know, we did mention you did get a call. That was kind of the one goal you're working up to. What was that? What was that moment like? I know you didn't get drafted, but you did get a call the day after. And yeah, I got a call the day after. Um, and honestly, I was leading up to it. Um, you know, I had a pretty good year. I had agents. I had people calling me throughout the year. You know, scouts would come to our practices. Scouts would come to our games, talk to me before practice, watch film with them, then they'd come out and watch me practice. So um, I definitely knew I was part of the whole process you know I, I didn't think I was going to get drafted or anything like that you know but I knew you know that I had a shot um if, if someone took a chance on me that'd be great you know and uh didn't get drafted and then the day after the draft I woke up I forget what I did but it was about nine in the morning and I random number from Ohio called and I was like Cleveland I was like what's going on and I of course my mind's racing and it was their area scout and he told me, you know, who, who I remembered, and he said, you know, I'll give you a shot. I want you to come out here and uh, do what you can and make a name for yourself. And I was, you know, it was awesome. It was cool. It was yeah. cool. After that, I called my parents, and I'll never forget it, man. Just hearing my mom cry it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned your parents. I know they support the heck out of you. And yeah. I, I remember getting a phone call from my dad after he talked to your parents. And yeah. my dad was crying. My dad didn't cry for very much of anything. And yep. my dad was crying, talking to me about it, saying, hey, man, your cousin just got a call. He's going to try out with the Browns. And yeah. I was like, what? Really? Like, that, seriously? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And that was, I know, I know the whole family was super proud of you at that moment. And I know yeah. you said that was, that was a huge accomplishment for you. And you, yeah, okay, you didn't spend a whole lot of time there. But you did make a name for yourself while you were there because that wasn't the only call you got, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, you did get a call, get to try out for the AFL, right? Arena football? Yeah, I did arena ball after that uh, in the in San Jose, the Sabercats. Um, and I, I was still, you know, still in the football mode, you know, wanting to stay in shape, see if I could get another call, you know, and see what would happen. And so I did arena ball for a year after that. And uh, about midway through the arena ball season, I kind of knew – this, I don't want to do this anymore. So yeah. once the passion for anything, you know, if you don't love doing this, if you lose your passion for doing this, you know, Kelsey, it's not going to be fun. So, Oh yeah. No, I can imagine physical stuff every day. And it just, I knew my time was up and I knew I still, but I knew the, the thing that I had in my back pocket that a lot of other athletes I think struggle with is I knew 100% what I wanted to do when I was done. I knew yeah. I wanted to become a teacher. I wanted to be a high school coach and I wanted to be a head football coach. And that's what I wanted to do. And here I am. Yeah, no, and it works out pretty well for you. Now, I did I did see one interview before. I don't know if this well I didn't I'd never heard about this before, but you were in Dubai between Dubai. the Browns and San Jose. Yes. How did that how did that happen? How did all of that come about? Like you ended up in Dubai teaching PE. So my mom is a very uh, she's a go-getter. That's the way to put her. She's a very <laughs> go-getter. And I was got released from the Browns and I uh Came back home to Northern California, uh, Grass Valley, and uh, about the third day I was home, there was a little application for Chico State's uh, credential program that just <laughs> happened to make it, you know, onto my desk. And so uh, I, uh, what I did was, is I applied for the credential program at Chico State, and my plan was to continue to work out, stay in shape, and take a couple credential classes. So when the time is that I want to be done with football, I can just focus on the credential. 
and I underestimated how much I would get involved in the credential program. I have my uh, credential to teach in two different subjects in general PE, which is just your regular PE, you know, every single day PE, and then also adapted PE, which is uh, teaching PE for kids that have an intellectual or physical disability. Okay. And so um, I got on with the adapted PE program at Chico State, and there happened to be a camp for kids with disabilities in Dubai. And if I went and worked it, they were going to pay for everything. So once in a lifetime opportunity, uh, no, I did not work out in Dubai for two weeks. So uh, let's just, let's say I took, took, took some time off of the football training, went to Dubai, worked at a camp for kids with disabilities for like 16 total days, came back. And I'd say like two, a month and a half after I got back, I got the call to go to arena. That's awesome. See, now, now I got to ask, was that kind of a moment for you that you decided, like you already knew you wanted to be a coach, but was that kind of that moment that just solidified it for you? Yeah, you think? for sure. For sure. Going over there and just interacting with, you know, a different culture, you know, and, and it just, just me making a impact on these kids. I knew right then I had to do something with teaching and coaching. You know, they, they yeah. looked at me like I was a superstar and I was just <laughs> this big old Irish white guy that was just running around <laughs> having a blast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry. The lights keep coming off my office. <laughs> I don't move around. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And I, I, I saw, I came across that last night and I was like, I just have to ask you about that. Yeah, Cause I no, never, actually, actually, I never yeah, heard so about it. The first year I went to Dubai and then the following year we did the same thing in India. Okay. So you, you even followed it up the next year. So yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I didn't even, that that wasn't even included. I didn't even know yeah, that part. Yeah. I went to Dubai the first year and then did the arena thing. And then when I was done with arena and I was a hundred percent done with football, um, went back to Chico state, got full on into the credential program. And, you know, I was doing stuff, teaching at Chico state, helping as much as I can. And then we happened to have another opportunity to go to India and I went the next year. That's amazing. See, and so now, I mean, I'll transition a little bit into the coaching uh, because we'll talk about more of that on the next episode, obviously, but you know, getting into your coaching career, you did also have the opportunity to go back to Nevada Union and get inducted into their Hall of Fame. What was that like for you? I it was mean, amazing. It was, it was cool. It was really cool. You know, uh, my high school is this, it's an older high school that's been there for hundred, like a hundred years probably in the pride of the foothills in Sierra Nevada foothills up in Northern California. And it's a very, you know, it's a small, it's your prototypical small town high school football, you know, high school athletic program where, on Friday nights, everyone goes to the football games, you know, but also the girls volleyball team that's really good that year, the gym is packed to watch them play, you know, and so there's a lot of rich tradition and it's, you know, it's looked upon at a high, at a high value in our, in our, in Nevada or at my high school, you know, as in with athletic accomplishments. And so I was, uh, I was humbled, but also very excited and proud all at the same time to be uh, inducted into the uh, Nevada Union Hall of Fame. It was it was a great night. See, that's amazing. And you, you know, you, the one thing that I failed to mention earlier, your mom was also teaching at the time there. Yes, if, 30, yeah. So thirty four years to, at Nevada Union. So she got to actually see you go through your entire career there, and then come back and be inducted to the Hall of Fame. I mean, that was yeah. just that in and of itself is amazing too. Is yeah, you know, you get cool. to it was a cool night. Get to continue that family legacy, and then on top of that, then in twenty fourteen, you obviously got named head coach for you. Yep. Was that your, how'd that, I guess, how'd that feel for you? Like how 2014 come about for you? Well, I, I got done with the credential program and I needed a job, you know, and the first job I applied for was River Valley High School. They needed a PE teacher and I came here and uh, they, they had a head coach at the time and um, he left for, uh, he went back home to his home in Sacramento, which is like 30, 45 minutes from Yuba City. Um, so it just, the timing was perfect. I've only been here a year and there was an opening and, you know, a lot of the administration because of, you know, my previous experiences, you know, coaching and uh, playing and coaching and all that stuff, you know, I could totally tell they wanted me to do it. And I had a great first year and I didn't know if this was going to be, if I'd be at River Valley forever, or if that was just going to be my first stop and I go back to another school. And uh, so I applied in 2014, got the gig and here I am in River Valley's office talking to you. <laughs> seven years later, going into, you know, your seventh year now. And it's, yep. it's fantastic. Uh, 
to hear. And we'll get more into that again, you know, like I said, uh, in the next episode. But there's one there's one question I have. To, I, I feel like as as a Utah State alum, I have to ask you this. You know, yeah. this offseason, there was the big issue with the president um, yeah. kind of disrespecting one of the longtime coaches, Frank. Uh, is it Frank Maie? Miley, yeah. Miley, Miley, sorry. Yeah. And so, you know, he disrespected him and, and, and you know, added a lot of questions. And this is a guy to you who is very close to you. Very and close What to was yeah. – what's your thoughts on this? I know I saw your big old Facebook page and – yeah. And this is this is what drew, drew me to the story, and yeah, I, no, I do absolutely. want to get here. So yeah, Fra- I I played with Frank for three years at Utah State, and then when he was done playing, he transitioned right away to be a GA um, in the football program and the weight training program. And he's been at Utah State. Uh, he left for two years ago, be the D line coach at Vanderbilt, like in '08, I think, in '09, and then he came back. But he's been at Utah State for about 15 years straight, and he. He's the glue of that program. You know, there's been other head, there's been head coaches, obviously coach Wells, who's at Texas tech now was very successful at Utah state along with coach Anderson. Um, but Frank Miley is Utah state football. And uh, unfortunately he had the opportunity to be the head coach. And, you know, there is the leadership committee that is made up of all the leaders on the football team wanted to address this and talk to the president of the university. And um, from the sources that I have, and they're pretty good sources at Utah State, <laughs> the sources I have is, you know, the president had some serious doubts about Frank, and the doubts were based on his religion and him and his cultural background, and I just can't believe that was said. Yeah, you know, Utah State, I know we talked about it off, you know, off air. It's, I, I feel like growing up in Utah, I saw it a lot with their players. They were a lot of guys from the Tongan nation. And yep. I mean, Utah is a Mormon yeah. state for lack of a better very name. Mormon. Yeah. So exactly. like, what better, what better representation for your state in which you coach in yep. than to have a man from the Tongan nation who was also Mormon. I never understood that. And yeah. And don't get me wrong. Utah state hired a great coach, Blake Anderson. The guys is going to be there. I've heard nothing but great things. I bet you he does a fantastic job there. But with that being said, I couldn't let what happened to Frank because Frank is the type, literally will give you the, shirt off his back if you're cold type of guy you know he's just an he's an alpha male but he does everything right he's always well respected and for something like that to happen to him when he's just put his heart and soul and blood sweat tears you know and into Utah State for that long and for something just so for someone to say something so nonchalantly about him and attack him that the type of man he is I, I had to stand up for him exactly now you did you mention the new coach does that does it, it doesn't does it affect your support for them going no. forward or do, you're still Utah state dying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Know, yeah oh yeah. Oh yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm going to have a bad taste in my mouth, but you know, just like Frank would say, n- no one's bigger than the program okay, ever. See. It doesn't matter who it is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to always love Utah state. I'm going to go back there. You know, like I said, I got one of my ex players is actually playing defensive line there. Um, okay. So I have a, some ties there and, they actually hired two guys that I played with <laughs> at Utah State. So <laughs> I still know guys there, and I'm still going to go back, you know, and all the alumni stuff because I do love it. And uh, But, yeah, it, it, Coach Coach Anderson had nothing to do with what happened to Frank Miley. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, yeah, it was separate incidences. And, unfortunately, there was some stuff that was said about a very a, a person that's very dear to my heart and – when I, I got to speak up, you know, you might not like me, but you'll respect me. <laughs> yeah, it, that's just it. You know, if anything is, it can come out from this. It's especially for, for anybody, you know, going into these positions, you know, speaking your mind is never a terrible thing as long as you speak it correctly. And, and you've done that fantastically for, you know, from your standpoint. All right. Well, now let's have a little bit of fun. All right. You already did give your pick em. You, I was going to do this anyways, but, you know, your pick em beat me to it. My upset pick of this weekend, I think I got Cleveland beating the Chiefs. I really do. Oh, okay. So you, you side with Odell on this one, huh? I decide I love the way uh, the, I think the Chiefs are phenomenal. Obviously, they're the most talented. They're going to outscore everyone. I don't think their defense is playing too well. And I think the Browns in the playoffs, if you have a pretty good defense, which the Browns do, they run the ball the best with the remaining yeah. teams. I think they're going to have a shot. Oh, yeah, definitely. That 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 two headed running attack with oh, Kareem and, monsters right and there. Nick Chubb. It's two like I mean, everybody saw it last week. Kareem Hunt looked like the guy who he was leading the league in rushing with yep. the Chiefs. And it's just like yep. to add on top of that, Nick Chubb, who is. A bowling ball monster of himself. I, I don't even get it. Yeah. 
it's it's crazy to watch. And Baker just doesn't have to do much; just be patient. And but and, when he and, he and Baker's getting he's getting better, you know. Yeah. Each year he's getting better. He and they'll have Stefanski back this year. He's a phenomenal play caller. So yeah, that's and that was more. Fa- I think that was the most fascinating part about last week doing it without your head coach. And you know, yep. you mentioned it when you guys had the strike. How hard that is for teams going into a game without your head coach. And yep, you know that is you just see how amazing they did, kind of rallying around that moment. Yep, I think their defense is playing really well right now, and obviously they had five turnovers against Pittsburgh. But I think it's, it's going to be. I mean, I'm not a, like I said, betting wise. I think the Chiefs are favored by like 11. I don't think they're going to beat them by 11. Yeah, no, I don't know about that. Yeah, so that's your upset pick of the week. But what about yeah. the other three games? You know, you're looking at at the Ravens Bills game. You're looking at. I'm taking I'm taking an old school Ravens run in the playoffs like they do every four years, like they okay. always do. All right. I'm taking the Ravens. I know uh, AJ's wife's going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> and Kathleen, if you heard that, uh, he yeah. said it this time. Aunt it wasn't Kathleen, me. Kathleen, I apologize. I'm taking the Ravens. Please don't yell at me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take – you can't beat Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau yeah. at this time of year. Um, I'm taking Green Bay as much as I hate to say that, being a Lions fan. Um <laughs> I'm and then the, the, the matchup of the old heads, you know, you, you you got the Browns, but then you got the matchup of the old heads down there in, in New Orleans. It's going to be uh, Tom Brady and. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Saints have beaten them already twice, right? Uh, I think it was. I think it was just. Ooh, yeah, I think it was both times. I'm gonna look it up real fast. Let's look that up because, you know, the whole the old saying, it's hard to beat a team twice. It's almost impossible to beat a team three times. Yeah, you're, you're right. And yeah, they beat them thirty-eight to three and thirty-four twenty-three. So thirty-eight to three was the second game. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bucks then. All right, all right. So you're gonna go Tom Brady and the Bucks get the upset with Antonio Brown and all those weapons on the outside. Or... Yeah, and all those weapons they have. Yes, they got a lot. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Um, what yeah, what would you do Bucks, with an offense like that? Like if you had right? <laughs> Bucks, Ravens, Browns, and Packers. All right, all right. I, you know, honestly, I can't can't lie. I'm those are pretty much where I'm sticking with as well. I don't know about the Browns one, and that's just because I'm, I honestly and Patty I trust at this point in time. Like he, I, I do too. But professional sports is so weird. It yeah, always happens, right? It always happens. There's always <laughs> got to be one, and it's, honestly, I keep looking at it. It's either going to be the Ravens are going to going to upset the Bills, or the Browns are going to upset the Chiefs. And I'm I'm like, to me, I think the Ravens are obviously the better choice because of the run game, and it's going to be snowing. Yep. And then in the other side of things, it's that's it, the yeah. thing with the Ravens' offense, like it's perfect for playoff football, run the yeah. ball, right. And play great defense. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I love Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. I love everything. Oh, yeah. I think I, I do think he took a step too early and maybe this is the point where we see him. Yeah. Maybe come back down to earth after his borderline MVP season. I yeah. mean, what do you think about that? Do you think he should, he deserved, deserves border MVP noms or do you think uh, it's Aaron Rodgers, man? Yeah. I mean, isn't, isn't that a typical Aaron Rodgers? Oh, all right. You're going to draft. <laughs> guy in the first round and try to replace me watch watch this <laughs> yeah dude, i've been saying it all year it's it's amazing like literally everybody wrote aaron Rodgers off at the beginning of the year yeah oh, he'll have a nine and seven season and yeah yep. he'll come you know here he is mvp yep. best well, team in the league my mind i get it they picked they i mean the guys from utah state jordan love you know go, yeah. Yeah, let's go but the packers were one game away from playing in the super bowl and then they drafted a quarterback in the first round where there was a uh, guy by the name of Justin Jefferson was still available. Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions about honestly, I have so many questions about that Packers draft. Like why yeah. do you do that why'd you also take AJ Dillon? Yeah, I mean you have never, Aaron Jones then, there. And then they don't play him. Literally. He got like what less than hundred carries this year. Yeah, it's I mean first he's, pick in the second round. He's a good player, don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah. not for the Packers. Yeah. It's like it's like watching Trent Aaron, Richardson go back yeah, out there. Not when they have Aaron Jones and Williams, right? That yeah. Jamal Williams. Yeah, oh, it's it's so disappointing. I, I you know something about the Packers. I've never been a big fan of them, but it's just I always question a lot of their moves. And you know, Aaron Rodgers think, is what he is. I think it it really shows us how good Aaron Rodgers is. <laughs> yeah, look, I've made some, I've made some I've made some bad Aaron Rodgers jokes in my in my time, but I you know what? At, at the end of the day, it's like Nick Saban for me. I'm just like at the yep. end of the day, he's that good. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, but we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode today. Uh, we are coming back with part two next week. We'll have that uh, aired for you. And, you know, Brendan, again, man, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, and I, I, 
Hey, you better have me on more than after this, man. I, and we oh, need no to way. figure out something, man. Once a month or something. I, I'm gonna have too much fun on here with you. Hey, we maybe maybe we might do something for you know your coaching season. Maybe we yes. bring you in and be like, all right, so how you guys doing this this month this week? You know, yes. we'll I figure like something it. out for you. I mean, because like, like I said, we're just getting around. You are our first interview on the show so far, so you get to. If I had merch to send you, I'd send you merch right now, but yes. <laughs> yes. we don't well, have hey, any yet. But Before I go, I know there's a lot of people listening. I just wanted to say personally, my man, I am so proud of you, Kelsey, and you're kicking ass and taking names, and uh, you're making an impact on this world, and I can't. you just started, so I can't wait to see where this takes you, and I'll be a full supporter of you. So I love you, and I'll say it again. I am so goddamn proud of you. Man, I, I appreciate the hell out of that, dude. You don't even understand. Like I'm trying to hold back tears right now. We've talked about that before. You know, you guys, yep. you and your family especially, have always shown me the love and support that. Yep. Um, so, honestly, I appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Uh, but, like I said, we will be back next week with a brand new episode, guys. And we will have Brendan on to talk about his coaching experience, not just his playing experience. And we'll get a little more, probably shoot the breeze a little bit more next next week. But I got some good questions for him, some good zingers. So, we'll, we'll be back for that, guys, next week. Uh, but until next time, see ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to OnionsSN.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Love Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with FuboTV. What is FuboTV? FuboTV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100-plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven-day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.